Right. My wife is drawn to bargains and special offers and the clearance area. I never lose her. If we're in a great big shop, I always know where she's going to be. So I thought that if I introduced today the fact that there's going to be a very special offer, a very special opportunity, and I'll probably tell you about it a bit later on, she would listen with rapt attention. Because there's going to be a special offer. And there is. And I'm going to tell you about it later. In the meantime, we need to come back to carry on from last week. Now, if you weren't here last week, that's not a problem. It's all recorded. You can go online, download it, etc., etc. But we are talking at this time about something very close to God's heart, namely the making of disciples and the being discipled. And last week, you recall, that I mentioned uh, this, this little series that we're doing um, is not just for information, it's for action. And uh, last week, there was an opportunity uh, to pick up some, uh, a sheet with some helps on it. And not all of you got that, but they're going to be available this week uh, for you. So when we were looking um, at that last week, just a very quick recap. We talked about the value of having somebody who's really for you, um, who's kind of got your best interests at heart, somebody that has a vision for you to see where you could be and what you could uh, become. And how significant uh, the value of that is and gave various examples of people from amongst us as they uh, had um, shared at different times. We also talked about the difference that we can make as we actually um, function as one who cares, loves and trains. All right? We'll call that the discipler. All right? We talked about Uh, the fundamental difference when Saul uh, was uh, converted, having gone around basically killing Christians, and he wanted to kind of join in with the Christians, but of course they were all thinking he was after trying to get involved uh, in order to, you know, like spy them out, kill some more of them. And as we read through, we saw that there was two words that were very significant. In the Bible it says, but Barnabas, but Barnabas. He was someone who saw something different. He was someone who made a way, who came alongside and said, hang on a minute, there is something different here. That person, Barnabas, began to disciple Paul, or Saul as he was called then. And it started off with him just seeing something different and engaging in that. We talked about the value of somebody, not only the benefit of it, but to be actually used of God to have an intervention that can make a difference. Uh, In fact, in that instance, a world-changing 
difference, the part that we can play in engaging. You know that, that part which is, is kind of uh, just, a little, just a little nudge. It, it's not even necessarily a dig in the ribs, a little nudge that says, you know, have you, have you thought about that? You know, I was thinking, you could do this, or this would be a way or an opportunity for you. Somebody that cares and has the interest to engage in that. Thinks positively of you. Then we looked at some of the things that uh, a disciple needs to do, and and, uh, we've repeated those on the sheet, so I won't go through that again. We also, I think, just touched on If you're going to look to somebody to have that input, you're going to, if you're wise, you're going to look to somebody you think, hmm, they've got something which I would like to uh, gain. The the word is is emulate, but it basically means to kind of copy or to be like. Uh, There's something there. Does it mean they're perfect? Does it mean they're maybe just you know, a teeny weeny bit lower than God himself? Actually, no, not according to what we learn from the Bible. It means that they have something that you'd like to see and get hold of. You see, we're not talking about a kind of... Uh, it's not just like a... I don't know what you call like a sort of counselling session where you, you say, and uh, tell me what is your problem? Reveal to me your life. I mean, that's creepy. This is about getting alongside, you know, and and, and, uh, as we work together, you know, we walk together, you know, we work together, we dig the garden together, we get in the pond together, or whatever it may be. Or you get in the pond and I stand and watch. (laughs) It's in the course of life. It was necessary to give to Claudia and Augusto training when they came here. They think they had some very important training. The most important training was teaching Augusto to swim so that he could get into my pond and do what I wanted done. <laughs> swim with the fishes. Here's a, here's a definition. As a follower who takes another person as a teacher and a model. It's kind of a bit different to just just teaching. It's more like the apprenticeship. We talk about apprenticeship. Uh, It's more than just um, pastoral caring and encouragement. It kind of goes beyond that. You know, the image the Bible uses, I don't know... Sometimes we forget these things. You know the Bible talks about being, uh, uh, be, taking his yoke upon us, being yoked together. You know that phrase in the Bible? You do realize that, that that is a kind of picture that would have meant something. It doesn't really mean much to us because we're not much into, you know, down green lanes. You don't get a lot of plowing with balls, do you? I mean, not a lot of plowing down green lanes anyway. Yeah. So... It's an image that we have to understand. Do you know what they used to do? Um, In order to carry up the uh, plowing and various things in the fields, they used to yoke together a young bull 
and a mature bull. Reason being that the mature bull would help the young one not to lag behind or rush ahead. It would be like a, a training alongside. Now, when God in his word uses that phrase, he's referring to a picture that we often wouldn't understand because we don't know about animals and things ploughing the fields. Uh, I mean, probably somebody as old as Lynn Coles could tell you what it was like. <laughs> Just keeping him in his place. So it's important that we understand uh, the picture there. Now, because I know that you're kind of coming with me on this, at which point we say yes, yes, yes. Because I know you're coming with me on this, because I know you're coming with me on this, yes, yes. I know that you'll be asking, so how do we go about it? How do we go about it? Do I ask somebody, will you disciple me? Do I look at the pattern that Jesus gave us and he chose the twelve, the disciples? Well, I kind of think it can be either. It can be either. And I can give you a biblical basis for that. I don't want to get sort of too tied up. Have I got to wait to somebody ask, or is it all right to ask? See, if you see something and you want that input in your life, and you see something, you think, you know what? I'd like to gain something that they've got. Then you've got that opportunity, and that's what I want you to take. What do you do if you're trying to help someone, trying to bring some input, but they're not saying, let me learn from you. They're not kind of um, being clear about what kind of entry that you're being given into their life. What, what do you do in that? Well, here's what I'm saying. At this time, Given what God has been saying to us, it's a very good thing to, to clarify, to give that entry. Let me give you an example. In the years of ministering in Dominica, there were many times that I went to uh, the church that was led by Leroy Hill. And they appreciated the ministry and so on and so forth and were blessed and what have you. But there was a time when he came to feel, understanding the whole issue of apostolic covering, that he wanted to recognize that was the role that God had given through me to him. And of course, being Leroy Hill, he did it in a very proper way. But it's an amazing thing. I didn't start to minister in any different way. It was just the same. But the impact, the effect of that, he would say, significantly changed. Something about the dimension. Then I turn to the scripture. And the scripture says, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you gain the prophet reward. So there's something about saying, I am placing myself in this position. It sort of releases something 
in a very real and significant way, and it's therefore worth doing. Well, I don't know. You know, normally when I... I don't mind getting something from someone, but, you know, if they say something I don't like, I, I prefer to back off. That won't work. That won't work. Likewise, if a discipler says, you know, if they're not really taking what I'm saying uh, and I keep on bringing it, then what's the point? Well, eventually, we may have to ask that question. But here's the point. I'm talking about a relationship like the apprenticeship where, you know what, you can't just... Don't just back off. There's a commitment to it. If you disagree, you work it through. If you can't see it, you work it through. We're not talking about, well, while, it, while we're pals or while it's fun or something like that. We're talking about a measure of commitment, believing this is what God has given to us. And remember, we're on this particular thing out of the basis of believing this is what God's giving to us as an emphasis for development in this large place that he's brought us at this time. There's a little verse, I always forget where it is, but I made a note of it the other day, which I think is so good. And uh, it it comes different in different versions, but it's in Habakkuk. Uh, And it says this, I will observe how I react to reproof. I will observe how I react to reproof. I will look to see how I handle being corrected or advised to go a different way. I thought that that's all struck me as being a very significant thing. It's about being teachable, about being humble, about being ready to learn and ready to change. The other important thing and you'll have an opportunity more for this together next week, is the best way, one of the best ways for learning is to ask questions. Well, how do you do this? What do you mean about that? That readiness to ask questions. What do you think about how I'm dealing with this? It's it's a great way to pick up things. By the way, it's a great way for learning anyway because it means the input you get is directly tied to the to the thing that you're thinking of, the question that you've got at that present time. Ready to ask questions. Why did you respond like this? Why why would you give money to this and not to that? You know, questions which help to delve in, not to just the the action or the mechanics, but the the reasoning behind. So there's a, a drawing and a learning in that situation. Well, that's kind of a little bit on how to go about it. What to expect? Well, I guess you've got to have an expectation of something that you are looking for, a goal, something that you're looking, I'm going to gain, I want to get this, get something out of uh, really pursuing this in a meaningful way. And it involves a number of things. Um, When I was... Uh, kind of um, growing in in serving God in the Pentecostal church years ago. Remember, it was 
it was really focused on one man was the minister. But uh, the pastor had been uh, invited to go and lead like a, an evangelistic, um, I don't know what you call it, like a crusade or something, evangelistic week, in some little church, I can't even remember where it was, way up in, uh, certainly it was north of Watford, and I know that's way up in, let's call it Lincolnshire or somewhere like that. And he invited me to go with him. And uh, being the sort of person he was, uh, he, he, he decided and announced that he was going to um, knock on every door in this little village, about, maybe about a hundred. And, of course, I was going with him. And so he did this a few times. Then he said to me, uh, right, you take a lead in the next one. And after I did that, he said, now this is what you did wrong and this is what you should do and this is how you should do it. But it was brilliant way of learning, observing, doing, correcting, learning to do again. Just a, just a real sense of taking alongside and giving the opportunity, not just a classroom situation, but an in-life situation. What we seek to do uh, from time to time, uh, when I share with you on a Sunday, that might be as a result of some of the guys coming alongside and sharing and discussing and working through and asking questions. It's a great thing to do to kind of um, break down and bring uh, from a corporate base that's why we train other people. We train people in helping in marriage and money and things like that. And because we're, we're committed to do and not just talk about it, that does make space for others to gain the advantage and be involved, and that's a valuable thing to do. Now, I was just talking and used Jeremy as, a, as an example. But if I'm working in my garden... Or, I think I have great skill in fixing things. Others say that I have been anointed to bodge. <laughs> and you would have to make your own decision on that. But to actually work together and then sometimes do very little work because we get into talking together or sharing about something or whether it's painting walls or whatever it is, the actual engaging alongside uh, together is a very, very key thing. And what am I saying? I am encouraging us into doing this. I'm talking not just about the principle, but about the method, the ways in which we have proven that these things work good and work well. And, of course, you might learn something about bodging or, or something as you go along. See, uh, the principle, uh, principle that I've sought to operate uh, in taking people with me in the things that I do now, that may be in the UK, it may be internationally, <clears throat> is things that I have experienced and learned. I remember, again, early on, going somewhere uh, with uh, Tony Morton, who was uh, functioning as an apostle then, and we are going somewhere down like Bristol or something like that, 
And he was a, an excellent teacher, anointed ministry, well recognized. And we're going, he said, Look, I think you should do this session on, I can't even remember what it was now. I said, I can't do that. I've never taught on that. Don't know anything about that. Oh, he said, you could do that. And he probably said, yeah, just you know, include these few things. What was he doing? He was taking me alongside. He was pushing me out. And then he was giving me some input and instruction on how to do it. I thought, hmm, that's a valid thing. I took Neil with me to Sierra Leone last year. Uh, not a good not a good thing. No, not a good thing. I don't know what it is about the Neil anointing, but we, we travelled in air-conditioned vehicles. We, we, we were given a palatial room in this place. I, I mean, comfort that we'd never, ever known or experienced in Sierra Leone. It was because God loves you? Oh, right, okay. Right. But what we could do was, when Neil was doing some teaching, he's an excellent teacher, you get, you get the benefit of that. But then I was able to say to Neil, in this setting, this is how you could actually uh, improve or engage people in this way. See, th there's, there's that value in that alongside, which is so useful and so significant. Of course, um, it can ha happen with the children. My uh, grandchildren, well, well, they all like to do it, but especially um, Caleb and Bethany have got the idea of feeding the fish. And they, as soon as they come, they want to feed the fish. But their idea of feeding the fish is kind of grabbing handfuls and throwing it. Some lands in the pond, some lands all over the lawn. And my job is to try and contain it and make sure they don't end up in the pond because the mother's a bit touchy about those things. <laughs> it's, a, again, a training thing. No, you don't do it like this. You just get this amount and you stand and put it in there. I mean, it, we're talking about... But do they love to do it? Why do they love to do it? Because it gives them that sense of being engaged. In fact, it actually, as we delegate things, it, it affirms people. You do it with your children. Those of you who've got children, it's very, very important. All we're talking is about a kind of grown-up version of these things, demonstrating that we're willing to uh, affirm and encourage. It, it lets them know uh, that they're trusted in that, and it's a very good thing. Of course, it takes place, uh, and this is what I'm looking at at the moment, um, how, how, did, how does it happen? How do we go about it? Uh, what, is the, what is the outcome of it? What can we expect? See, there is the one-to-one, -one, um, and again, we're always looking uh, for the development as Jesus is of character, um, rather than just focusing on gift. Character is far more important. And it can happen in groups. The Bible says iron sharpens iron in a group of people. That can work. But it's about um, the sharing of, of life rather than just 
the, the pouring in of knowledge. It's, it's about expressing the application of these things rather than just the principle of them. And I believe that in a discipler and disciple relationship is special. And it has special ingredients. Yes, we talked last week about accountability, teachability, vulnerability. And one of the ways that I would describe it is from Ephesians 4, uh, 16, where it talks about having life joints in the body. You see, hold up your, hold up your hand. All right? See, now this is, you, you come here, you get all sorts of teaching. This is biology. Advanced biology. Right? See this bit here? <laughs> This is a life joint. Of course, if it wasn't there. <laughs> this is too technical. <laughs> if it wasn't there, uh, this wouldn't work. <laughs> and not only is a Come on. Not only is the bit you can see, but inside this is all sorts of gubbins that, <laughs> that, that make it work. <laughs> Yeah. And if the inside bits weren't working, even if the outside was good, the whole thing would be dead. All right. I, sometimes I pick on illustrations that I know they're beyond you. Yeah. All right. There's a whole series of things that the Bible says that we should practice to one another. Um, I've not listed them in a while. I, last time I listed them, there was 19 things the Bible says to do for one another. Um, pray for one another. Love one another. Give to one another. Serve one another. Encourage one another. Correct one another. whole list of things. But we're remembering, we're working with a discipler who has some vision for life of the disciple, to see beyond where they're currently at, needing to have an interest in every area. You know, guys, we're talking about love and care, not talking about being boss and conforming. We're talking about love and care. And just because in the past, most of you wouldn't know, there came a corrupted version of this, it doesn't mean to say that the principle is wrong because it's a godly principle. It's something that God commends to us and we have to be open to receive uh, you know it's, it's not necessarily difference is not necessarily wrong you know it's true isn't it difference is not necessarily members of the body are different I don't mean they're wrong my nose is not wrong because it's not my eye you know it's just different different purpose different function the people in the front row should not be making derisory comments to the speaker. All right? That goes for you as well. Just in case you thought of one. <coughs> All right. So we're looking um, not to make clones, but to see enhance what God has deposited in one another. And this is the method and the way that God has given in his word and is particularly commending and underlining to us 
at this time. And we're always depending on God's wisdom and heart attitude. We have to be willing to enter into things, to share life, emotionally as well as intellectually. You know, I was in the middle of doing something in the office a little while ago, and there appeared in front of me a Jamie and a PJ. But I was, I was doing something, and it was not their appointment time with me. But I saw their little smiley, shining faces, and I thought, something's up. So I had to break off what I was doing. See, it's no good if we're going to be emotionally involved. And they were coming in a high level of excitement to tell me they'd just been advised that we'd got the comic relief bid or one of those. I forget which one it was. I think it was comic relief. See, it would be inappropriate to be saying, yeah, so your appointment is next Tuesday at 9.30. I will rejoice with you then. It'd be bonkers, wouldn't it? See, we're talking about something which is more together and in life, real and alongside, so critical and so important. And remember, we said, this is important. You know, in a disciple-discipling relationship, this is not good. Hmm? And this is even worse. You have to give of yourself. Yeah? Of course, honesty, open to criticism. There's two things the Bible says. Um, let me quickly just refer you to them. It's, in, uh, it's the example of life. Um, I, I won't stop to read it now because the time's going. But Philippians 3.17 it's talking about observing the example of life. That is, looking at the model, but it also, uh, in 2 Timothy 1.13, talks about receiving the instruction of the word. So it's not one or other, it's both. Very key, very important. Yeah. I, um, I'll tell you what we'll do now. I asked three or four people to uh, think of some examples. And that would be uh, uh, Nathan, Sally, Avril, and Richard. I think if you could come here, then we can move the microphone across. Just get on and do as you're told. That's, that's not discipling, that's just, <laughs> that's not an example of discipling. <laughs> right, I wanted them, I've given you some examples from myself, but I wanted them to give you some examples. Um, let's go as one that was a being discipled, yeah? Can you tell us? a helpful input that you had at some point, kind of just so people could grasp how this thing works. Are you ready or do you want me to go to No, some? I've got this one. Okay. I've got two, actually. 
Okay. Um, so there was a time when I wasn't doing very well spiritually. I think there have been a couple of years where I wasn't really meeting with God and was kind of quite low in myself. And I remember my disciple being concerned about how I was. And I got to the point where I was beyond caring. I don't know if anyone's been in a low place where you kind of think, well, this is life now. This is just, this is just how life is. And so I'd kind of, I'd kind of given up and accepted this is the trudge of life. Um, you know, Saturday, Saturday weekends were horrible because you didn't have to go to work. So what are you going to do then? You know, it would be kind of the, the low point. And I remember my disciples just, just being in floods of tears for me and really upset about how I was and said, I really don't like to see you like this. I want to see you different. And, and he cared at the point where I could no longer care, which then caused me to think, well, maybe, maybe there's a problem. Like, you know, I was beyond the problem, but I thought, well, just to see, to see his concern beyond my own concern was the thing that then encouraged me to, to, to do something more. Do you want another Okay. Do you want to do for now? Uh, no, I move on to Sally, because I've just got lots of time. Yeah, I had... Um there was a time where I'd done something wrong that I needed to be corrected on. And I think what John was saying earlier about that openness to being corrected, I wasn't really in that place at that time. And I heard the correction, but received it as rejection of me. And then um, they came back and said to me, why did you receive that as rejection of you? I'm just correcting something I love you, I accept you, it's not a rejection of you, it's just helping you do things better the next time. And so that was, for me, it was really an important lesson of understanding that just because you're corrected, it doesn't mean that you're being rejected as a person. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. question, Rich, if you answer that same one. Okay. Um, many years ago, yeah, um, I was running a, um, when I first started teaching, and um, we were part, I was also part of the youth event. And um, we put on this big youth event, and I put up a poster in school. And this is right out in Chesson, in Hertfordshire. And 50 kids said, they saw a bit of background first, 50 kids said that they want to come to this event. So we had to hire a coach. And off the back of that, we set off this kind of little youth ministry thing that we were doing in the school, um, out in Chesson. And uh, I really began to feel this is my ministry. This is what God called me to do. And there was a local Baptist church who's looking for a youth pastor. And I was feeling, yeah, yeah, God's given me my ministry here. This is what I'm going to pursue. Um, in the meantime, I'd also had a commitment here, and I'd asked John to um, disciple me. And it was an accountability to John. And there's one occasion, um, I'm going into details, but yeah, John... We, we just want the example. You're giving us the life story. I know, it's a very short life story, but I just I had to give some context, otherwise it doesn't make sense. Um, John said to me, you know, that's not what God's calling you to do, very clearly. And that's not your ministry. And I remember that at the time, the reason why I want to share it in that context is I really felt this is what God was saying to me. I couldn't see it any other way. And... Um, I, you know, I'd heard God, and it was devastating at the time. 
because it completely thought, I can't hear God, I don't know what God is saying to me. But actually, because I'd said to John, I want to be accountable, he was prepared to say that to me. And because he said it, I'd, I think I've been in the desert now. I don't know where I'd have gone or where I'd have been. But actually, I ended up change, giving it all up, um, letting the youth club go. I ended up changing my job. I moved over here, I got married, all kinds of things, which came as a consequence of just responding to actually pursuing not the direction God had given me, which supports me out of that discipleship relationship. Mm. Wow. I've forgotten all about that. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, the thing that struck me most when I started being discipled and the ongoing thing throughout the whole relationship is they anticipate the things that I'm going to find hard and they'll check on me. And things that I just kind of think I'm just getting on with, they, they're really there for me in it and they'll text me or, or phone up afterwards. And I, I, even today, you know, 100 years on, I, I find it really challenging and really convicting that they ma- it cares so much. I don't even tell them it's going to be hard. They'll know. And that just really means such a lot. Um. What did you see that you wanted to emulate, copy? Um, For me, it was the people who did what they said and said what they did. And that's what blew my mind. And that's what I've sought to emulate. Rich? What did I see? What did you you see that you wanted to emulate? I think it was the... And I still see the, the ability and willingness to, to push on through even when the practicals don't seem to be working. Okay. Um, yeah, can I just illustrate that? Very, two seconds, honestly. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you not been letting him talk? I could have so. said it by now. <laughs> could have said it by now. Um, now, the example was like we were doing the baptisms and we were, were doing it out there in a pool and there wasn't enough water. I felt there wasn't enough water. And I came in and said, John, in the other half hour, John says, no, we're doing it now. And so we went out and we did it then. And to me, it wasn't possible. But it's that sense of ability to, to see what is God saying and push on through on that, it, it, regardless of what seems to be sometimes an impossible situation. Cool. I forgot all about that as well. <laughs> um, acceptance, wisdom, and serving um, sacrificially, those are the things that I wanted to emulate. I think a compassion that cuts through, that, that can really minister to people without necessarily taking loads of time. Um, I find it quite annoying sometimes that I can be friends with someone for 10 years and Dad will spend 30 seconds with them. And they'll be like, wow, your dad's so amazing, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, but that, that's the sort of thing, it doesn't take time. And that's the thing I've learned and still, well, seeking to learn, seeing and seeking to learn, um, that compassion that cuts through. Okay. Anything, an input that you found difficult? Again. I started already, so I don't want to be the whole... I like Sally start. Oh, that one that I shared about the being right. corrected, okay. that was really difficult, but right. helpful. Mine's the same. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, the same. When, when there's something that you get confronted on that, and then God convicts you, it's very annoying and very hard. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, Swing it the other way around now. Um, In discipling, uh, what have you found has been of particular value? What have you found has been difficult? 
I think a difficult part is the rejection. When, when, you, when you share something with someone who don't want to hear it, and I, I suppose from the other end that Sally was talking about, um, you, you get that flat back. I think that's the most difficult part. Okay. Just while we're doing this, I already mentioned next week you're going to have an opportunity to ask whatever questions you want. Um, in fact, if you want, you can uh, email them or phone them in to the office during the week uh, so that we, we can assess how much time to give to that. Uh, because we're digging in, into this both to know what is required, to know what is expected, to know how, but against a backdrop of seeing this is the thing that God is saying to us, and this is the thing which uh, I feel uh, is coming uh, into the forefront as being very, very desirable. Um, yeah, what I've found hard is when you've spent ages with someone and you've really felt like together you've got a sense of a direction God's giving, and then they go and do the opposite thing anyway. Okay. Yeah, it's much the same, really. It's sort of and, and knowing when to stick with people, um, when people actually seem to be walking away, but actually because there is something that they've said in terms of integrity, just how hard to push um, in, in what you say to them, I think, is a difficult. So it's not kind of, you know, what they call it, a bowl of roses or something? No, it's no, no. chocolates. Bed of roses, So there's... there's Sometimes a pushing through either personal sense of rejection or uh, somebody not leaping and saying, you know, ha, Eureka. And it's an emotional disappointment because you emotionally invest in yeah. someone. There's yeah, a commitment. Okay. So. All right. Uh, at the end of the day, if anybody here asks, would you recommend this discipling thing or is it a complete pain? The mic. I'll reject. I mean, I accept it. <laughs> I'll start again. I think it's a really good idea. <laughs> I think it has been the thing that shaped me. And if there's the things that God has done in my life has been through that, those relationships that are really challenging. And I think it's really shaped me because I've chosen to the people who God's connected me to, to to choose to love them, and actually at, at pain and cost. Because when you love somebody. You have to walk through them through the good and the bad times. And it, it shapes you and it, and it enables you to touch God in a very significant way. Good. Do you want to add to that at all, you two? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're prepared to be open and vulnerable, because that's always been the times where I, I feel like I've grown most. If I've opened my life up and really said what's going on, there's no point if you're not going to do that. But, yeah, those have been the times of most significant growth for me, I think. Slightly different question I'm answering, but the exciting part of it in terms of discipling people is working with God in it, so that hand in hand. So when, when you feel God gives you something for someone and you see the opposite of them rejecting you, you see them accepting it, that's just that's so exciting because you're, you're working with God and that, that's just fun. Okay. Thank you. Thanks very much, guys. Right, then. So... Just to kind of round up, why should you engage in discipling and being discipled? It's God's way for development and maturity and clearly instructed in his word. And 
as a leadership, we are at this time uh, emphasizing and highly commending this. So if you're following, you take that seriously, and you think, wait a minute, I need to, I've heard the word, I've heard the examples, I need to do something about that. It's about teaching people Jesus. And there's no doubt about it that commitment produces loyalty in thought and deed, and submission produces teachableness, and obedience produces faithfulness. And that's what God's looking for. In 2 Timothy 2, he says, These things entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. It's God's established pattern. Go and make disciples applies to all. Whether it's reaching people with the good news or, as we've been talking, helping them to mature, mature as we've just been talking about. And it requires the kind of things that we've already talked about. So, question. What needs to be done? By who? By when? To achieve this. Remember, this is a teaching to action. All right? Now, um, last week, there was a sheet that helped people in the whole concept of being discipled. This week, there's one available. and Make sure you pick it up. Because I'm looking, and we're looking for everybody to be discipled and to be discipling. Okay? So there's a sheet to help you in that. Right. Bible says this. If you walk with the wise, you become wise. Yeah? You can sit and pray for wisdom, and that's good. But it's a, a method that God sets, which is specific and actual. See, disciples and people heard parables. The disciples afterwards would say, what do you mean by that? How does that work out? The people just heard the parables. See, there is a distinct positional advantage about that. Are you being discipled? Are you discipling others? All right. What's the result? Peter who had demonstrated himself as a coward, having followed Jesus and been inputted by Jesus, turned out to be somebody whose name got changed. Changed to Cephas, meaning rock. The input of what Jesus will do, the life of God, makes a difference. Right, now you want to know about the special offer. Don't you? This is how it's going to work. It's different. You've got to, you know, we've all got to be flexible. Once you have either approached somebody and said, I would be willing to disciple you, or you've gone to somebody and said, will you disciple me? If you then contact the office by email, by phone, Debbie will send you a secret log-on detail so you go on, what's that thing called, TubeView or something? YouTube. So, so you go on to YouTube. YouTube. And you will, you will gain from that YouTube amazing 
distilled knowledge that if applied you cannot possibly fail you are guaranteed to be successful now if you're not into all that uh, you you bend <laughs> you chew um, then uh, there's a hard copy available but only to those who get on and say I have asked this person to disciple me or this person I'm discipling. Okay? Available from now.